Wait a minute. You're not thinking of skating to the beach, are you? Why not, Jordy? But guys, it's like a million miles away. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. When you woke up this morning, did you say to yourself, today I'm going to talk or today I'm going to skate? Talk. I said talk. <laughs> hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D Commentaries. Oh, thank you. And welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today we are talking about Brink. <laughs> we love Brink. We love Brink. We love Brink. <laughs> um, Brink was uh, released on August 29th, 1998, and it was written by Jeff Schechter, who also wrote The Other Me, a uh, decom that we will come across coming up. Uh, it was directed by Greg Beeman, who also directed Under Wraps, as well as a number of other we love uh, upcoming. Movie. I know we love Greg Beeman. We're Greg Beeman stands. Um, and then this film was starring Eric Von Detten <laughs> as Brink, Sam Horgan as Val, <gasps> my, Val. my namesake, uh, Christina Vidal as Gabby, Patrick. Levis as Peter, Asher Gold as Jordy, and David Graff as Ralph Dad. That's Dad. his legal name, Ralph Dad. The uh, the synopsis once again kind of gives a lot away, but we'll go with it. Uh, Andy Brink Brinker is the leader of a group of inline skaters who disapprove of corporate sponsorship, believing that skating should be done for fun rather than profit. But when Brink's family starts having financial problems he's forced to compromise his principles and join a sponsored team led by the arrogant Val. Not knowing his motivation, Brink's friends are stunned by the decision and collectively shun him until the truth comes out. Yeah, that gave away the entire movie. <laughs> um, wow, great synopsis, Val. Thank you. I'd love to hear what your first impressions were, Al. Wow, okay, so I feel like the last um, couple episodes, aka two episodes that we've done, uh, I've started off my first impressions with uh, a rating. So uh, to keep the, the tradition alive, I will also rate Brink. Uh, and I'm going to give Brink a 9.5. Wow! wow I'm giving Brink a 9.5, so and there is a reason why it is uh, not a 10 out of 10. Okay. Which we'll get to later. Uh, first impressions, uh, this movie slaps. This movie slaps. holds up. This mm -hmm. is an incredible movie. Mm -hmm. It brought me right back to my childhood. Couch, yep. home, smells, mm -hmm. sounds, mm -hmm. feels. School dynamics. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is truly primetime decom. Yep. I As I said in our... Uh, first episode uh this set the tone this is this is the standard by which all decoms followed val what were your first impressions i mean i love this movie i have seen i i without a doubt have seen this movie more than any other Lindsay channel original movie um 
And it is just, it's because it resonates with me a lot. I wasn't a skater and I've barely been to California in my life, but like, there's something about the like friendship dynamics. This movie is just, it's, it's like funny and real feeling and like, doesn't feel cheap in any sense. Um, Yeah, it's great. So fun. Wow. Yeah. I mean, watching it back was just truly, uh, it was just incredible. And I know Val, you had mentioned earlier that uh, you did watch Brink throughout quarantine. Yeah, I watched it. So you had seen it recently Mm -hmm. where I probably hadn't seen it, honestly, probably since the early 2000s. Wow. And it is just a dream come true. And that (laughs) dreamy, dreamy boy. Eric Von Detten. Oh. I'm going to start sweating. <laughs> Even with his oily hair or whatever is well, going on. It, he takes <laughs> he takes off the helmet and you're like, but then it's like, oh. Can't be mad. Can't be mad. Can't be mad. <laughs> Did you have any favorite uh, like quotes or scenes? Oh, gosh. There are so many scenes in this movie, Val, that I remember like the back of my hand. So the one that sticks out most in my mind, Val, in the beginning of the movie, you can tell that there are, you know, clear divisions between the two skating teams. Mm -hmm. The Team X-Blades, the (laughs) L-A-D-Z, and the cool guys. What are they called, Val? The Soul Skaters. The Soul Skaters. (laughs) (laughs) The cool Soul Skaters. So um, you can tell. So they're like bullying each other. They've got this camaraderie. We're very sharks and jets here. Um, That's West Side Mm -hmm. Story reference for those non-musical nerds. The scene that I will always remember for the rest of my life that scarred me for my entire life is when they put worms in Val's sandwich. I know. And he eats it. Oh, it's my worst nightmare. But you have to give them credit for the logistics of that prank. Like the they movement. are smart kids, right? <laughs> and then I, I think it's so funny because you can tell in the editing that he's like playing with an empty bag and looking the wrong way just to like yeah. give time, um, yeah. which was something I noticed. But as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, is he gonna eat it? He's gonna eat it. He didn't even know. Oh my gosh, that main scene sticks out in my mind for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, a couple of favorite lines that I had were, um, we skate for fun. We're soul skaters. Um, that was great. Um, <laughs> I think it's fat, mad, cool. P-H-A-T. And I watch every movie with subtitles and it literally said fat. P-H-A-T. Uh, I so. I did so. hear it correct. <laughs> Because he was talking about Gabby's dress, wasn't he? Yes. I think it's Matt. Matt, Matt cool. Um, and then Val and, and Gabriella were... Uh, going back and forth. And uh, Val says, mind getting lost? And she, Gabriella goes, mind if I kick your butt? <laughs> I think like one of the universal things of this is that the insults really aren't good. But I think that that's like so realistic to teenagers. Like they're not, you know, it's kind of in contrast to under wraps where their reference level was like off the charts. Yes. Um, this one, it felt like teenagers. Like it, they were just like, you're stupid. Oh, you're ugly. Like that yeah. was like basically everything. Um, but I will say 
one of my favorite exchanges, which was pretty clever, I think, is early on when they're skating to the skate park and Brink is like, come on, guys, let's get some speed. And Gabby is like, stop saying guys, I'm not a guy. And then Peter is like, it's just an expression. And she's like, so is cut it out before I deck you. <laughs> yes. Which is like, oh my God. I like right out of the gate, they're like addressing like the the misogyny and sexism and like dealing with the fact that Gabby is the only girl who we're gonna see basically in this entire movie. Yes. And I just I love that they just Oh, right off the bat. Right off the bat. I literally wrote, it is my second bullet from my notes, and it says, badass bitch Gabriella. Stop (laughs) saying, guys, I'm not a guy. And I put, that is way before it's time. Oh, my God. So ahead of its time. It's still, I say guys all the time still, and I'm, like, really trying not to. And the fact that she was saying this in 1998 is just incredibly prescient. Because Honestly, like, I mean, short short of like Val being a jerk to her, which like is the point of his character, no one treats her differently because she's a girl. Right. Um, They don't pretend like she's not a girl, but like, I don't know. I, I think they did a really good job of like handling that, especially given when this movie came out. Right. I was very impressed. No, they really did it um, pretty flawlessly. And also they made them more like multidimensional, especially considering they didn't have a lot of time to, um, you know, form these people. Like the fact that Gabby is the child of a single mom and of an immigrant and that um, Peter's dealing with uh, divorced parents and and a stepdad he doesn't get along with. And Jordy's parents are like very non-confrontational. Um, and and then Brink's family is probably the most well-adjusted, but they're dealing with financial issues. So mm-hmm. every one of these families is has a lot going on and a lot of depth, even though we don't even meet most of the parents or like other family members. The only other parent we meet besides Brink's family is uh, Gabby's mom. Um, and I just I don't know. I, th- I thought that was really like it was really well done. Yeah. And we know that much about them. When creating the script, they did a lot of backstory that was subtly put into the writing and it was just executed flawlessly. They also did a good job of utilizing Val. Like he he says a lot of very insensitive things, including at one point he says, if you don't like it here, why don't you go back to Mexico? And Kathy goes, I'm from Peru, estupido. Which is just my uh, my roommate was standing uh, in the room when that part came on and he turns his head and looks at me and goes, did you hear what he just said? Yeah. But like that doesn't surprise. Like there's another part where some jerk says, hey, Gabriella, have have you ever been arrested for impersonating a boy? And Gabby says, no, you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I loved that line. As as like problematic as that may be, you know, given like gender stuff, like I think that like they they put these insults in the mouths of these idiot boys and yeah. they give Gabby a chance to like give it right back to them. Yeah. And I think that like that is I, I find that fun. And now I, I can only speak to like how I feel about the female insults, but like because they're coming out of like the jerk's mouth and he's getting his comeuppance, I don't mind. Um, so I, I like yeah, that. I she, find it fun. Uh, 
She's the MVP. I mean, Andy Brink Brinker is supposed to be the MVP of this movie, but really it's Gabriella. Um, also, even Steven's dad made another appearance. I love this man so much. It must be this director, Greg Beeman. He must like Mr. Stevens because <laughs> he's been in both of his movies. Uh, Al, do you have any other quotes or or moments um, that you liked? Man, there's so many fun things about this movie that I just kept writing down. But one of my other favorite lines uh, was, and even if you never skate again, you're still Andy Brinker. <laughs> I feel like I should be lower for that. I should be the dad. And even if you never skate again, you're still Andy Brinker. <laughs> and we'll oh. talk about the dad after uh, after we've ridden into Spoiler City Val, because yeah. uh, I have thoughts. Yeah, uh, me too. Although before Spoiler City, yeah. I would like to say the line that the dad says, you got dissed, you ate beef. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Such 90s parent trying to just be. Yeah. Just trying to understand trying to what be. his son is saying. Hey, Val. Yeah? Val, is it time? Oh, it's time. Time for Spoiler City, baby. We're riding tops off in my Corvette to Spoiler City. Spoiler City. Spoiler City. We're going to talk about all the spoilers from Brink! Exclamation point. Lights up on a home. <laughs> Lights up on a home in California. Andy Brink, Brinker, is there. And he's an inline skater. And so Andy's a big, he's a soul skater. And he's got this group of friends. Um, we got Jordy and Peter and Gabriella. And they're these really cool group of friends. They're on this really cool skating team. And they're trying to be good enough to go to this competition. But there is this team who they're competing against who is the bully at their school. Of course, his name's Val. So then they're, um, they're the like multicolored team, the soul skaters. And then we've got team X blades. Who's the yellow and black team. They're kind of like little bumblebees that like buzz, buzz bitch around. So they're like competing. They're like fighting back and forth. So then they're having this competition at school and they're going to skate through like the outside hallways. Cause if you're not from California, school is outside weird. So, um, they're having this cool, fun outside thing it's not cool or fun it's actually like really competitive and really scary <laughs> um but then one of the skaters from the buzz buzz team falls and trips and brink is like oh no he's hurt and he turns around and goes back that's our first notification that brink actually is a really good person brink really cares about people that i love so um boomer is his name uh gets hurt and Val, the mean guy, is like, oh, well, now we need a new person because Boomer can't skate for our team. And Brink is like at home and his dad's all, oh, I lost my job and everything sucks. And I take out all, all of my aggression on my one son, but my daughter is perfect and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and so Brink thinks that he needs to help around the house and get a job and make money. So he then betrays his group of soul skaters to go and audition. Audition? Rehearse. Try out. Try out. Sports <laughs> reference. Uh, try out for the Buzz Buzz uh, Team X-Blades team. So then he makes the team 
and he's secretly on Team X-Blades and his friends don't know. And he's playing this double life of trying to do both. But then his dad this whole time is like, dude, you can't skate for a living. You actually have to get a real job. So on top of skating for both teams, he got a job and school. And he rationalizes it by saying that it's only going to be temporary. Yeah. So now Andy Brinkbrinker is competing in a competition with Team X-Blades, Buzz Buzz, and his friends are like, we got to go find out who this new skater is for Team X-Blades because apparently he's like really great and really incredible. And this entire time his friends have been like, no, dude, we support you. We know you're busy. And then they show up and see that it's Brink. And man, talk about shattered hearts. And if you don't empathize with those three children, you don't have a heart. And then they're mad at each other and then they're they're fighting and they're they're let's do another competition. Well, they're they're prepping for. So there's there the first competition is the invitational, which is like a preamble. And then the second competition that they're prepping for is like the big championship. And so there's a road course, a street racing course for part of the final. And so they go to the course to practice but they're both there at the same, same time. time. So when they're practicing, it's Brink against Gabby. And then Val says, hey, dude, stay to the outside. And Brink's like, yo, man, why would I do that? We never do that. And then Val goes down the course first, sprinkles some gravel on. So when Gabby hits the inside of the turn, she completely like trips, falls. And when I say I was completely scarred as a child and I am still completely scarred at 27 years old when they showed the scratch on her arm and rocks and shout out to that makeup team, unless that Mm -hmm. was real. But if that was real, (laughs) shout out to Gabriella. So she is injured and then Brink, after that injury, realizes that his friendship with Gabriella and Peter and Jordy is much more important than any other team that he could be a part of. So he um, goes to Val, throws a milkshake in his face, which didn't really look like a milkshake and just looked like milk. And says, I'm off the team. He goes back to the original skating rink that they, that Peter, Gabriella and Jordy are at and says, you know, I want to be back on the team. I'm so sorry. I didn't put my friendship first, uh, with you all. I was trying to help out my family, but now I realize what's more important, which is like, I'm going to start crying. This is so beautiful. And he says, hey, I got us a sponsor so we can, you know, be a a team in the championships. And it was his job, which was working at Pup and Suds. So then they turned from Team Soul Skaters to Team Pup and Suds, which I actually hate. (laughs) So that's part of why it's a (laughs) 9.5 ranking for me. And then they compete and it's all the way down. They do so well. Everyone's hitting their marks. Brink had one fall. Brink had the fall. Yeah, he fell. Okay. Brink had one fall. Everyone else was killing it. And then they were in third place. And the second place team had someone completely fall off of the the Veet course. What is it? A Veet? The, the half pipe. Like half the, pipe. what did they, they had a name for it, but I can't remember what it was. So they end up in second place. And the final round is actually racing on the street where uh, Brink and Gabriella had originally raced. And, um, 
It's Brink and Val. They're the only two. This is the fi this the final. I can't say the whole thing. Countdown, uh, because of legal reasons. And <laughs> Val actually trips and falls. And Brink, being the incredible human being he is, turns around and goes back to help Val because he thinks he's hurt and injured. And Val tosses him over, pulls him down. But the thing that everyone doesn't know is they got it on tape. So as he's mm -hmm. going, he's going, he's going. Brink catches up. He does this gnarly move through the alley. Gets in front, wins the whole thing. Everyone boos Val off the stage. We've got a happily mm -hmm. ever after. Yep. Like, yeah, we do. A skate drop. <laughs> skate drop, yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, it was really fun. It was just such a fun movie. Even the, if you can predict virtually everything that happens through this entire movie, it's still just so fun. I would watch it again tonight. Yeah, me too. And still enjoy it just as much as I did when I watched it for the first time the other day. Yeah. And like, I think it's a really like, especially for TV movie standards, it is a well made movie. Like the filming of a lot of the, like the filming of the action is really dynamic and interesting. And they do it at like different tempos and in different ways for different parts of the movie. And even like the dialogue, like the just people talking to each other, like, from you know the heated arguments to the like tender moments are all like acted really well for a tv movie yeah. like it doesn't feel overacted it doesn't feel like they don't know how to i'm gonna google and see if brink was nominated for an oscar because <laughs> it really should have been <laughs> it really should have been really it should have been, been. um Val, I do want to talk about why I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. Yeah. Let's hear it. And you might disagree with me on this, and that is okay. This is why we're doing this together. I hate the dad. I hated oh, the dad. The dad made me angry, and he made <laughs> me sad. And I, the only reason why I am not completely saying that I hate the man all the way is because he did pass away in 2001 he did pass away did he pass away a young age and i'm sure he is an in, is was an incredible human being in real life but i really hated the way that they wrote him because um and i know that it was so very and we'll get to the bingo card but it was so very parent who doesn't understand but it was yeah. just taken to such a high degree of Oh my gosh, support your son. He's trying to make money because you can't right now. And he just was so non-understanding. Um, and I just had this, not a premonition. I, If I had to compare it to anything, had skating been any other sport, would dad have been supportive? I mean, that's a fair question for sure. Um, I th So I definitely do have a different take on this. Uh, in fact, at one point, I literally wrote, like, I think I would probably have the same perspective. So, okay. Oh, my so God. Here... I literally wrote this dad sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can have different opinions. Maybe this is a, a factor of me being older than you. Oh, so maybe. I'm, like, closer in age to his parents now than I am to <laughs> him, which is crazy. Um, but, like, I think, so here's the way that I interpret this. Okay. Teenagers in general turn from being kids that their parents understand and care about and that they care about their parents. And then one day they wake up and 
they hate their parents. Yeah. Like it's just sort of like genetically predisposed. It happens to nearly everybody. And I think that what this man was probably experiencing, first of all, is that his son was turning into a teenager and was, you know, he didn't understand him anymore. Right. And his daughter, like, you know, he does compare them. So I think it's kind of in a tongue in cheek way, but he does compare the two of them. But she's still a little kid. Right. So like. There's a different dynamic there than there would be with a teenager. Yeah. I she also does think also dress like a minion. She does. She's so she's great. She's like this little like sad. I'm <laughs> like, excited. To, could, I'm excited to see her again in, a, in an upcoming movie. Oh, yeah. I could see I could see that character turning into like a goth kid when she's a teenager. Like she's just so like. Oh, yeah. Doesn't like anything. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> like at one point, she's just like, hey skate better <laughs> Which is and so brink funny. is like skate better skate so better funny. skate better <laughs> i'm like wow i wish that would work for me can someone just tell me to like go to sleep on time <laughs> go to well, he's sl- just having go to sleep on time <laughs> i th- i think that that moment actually is a perfect illustration of of brink in general which is like in most teen like films the little sibling is like the hate, you know, they hate each other, right? Yeah. They're at each other's throats. And, uh, and in this instance, he loves his sister. Yeah. Like, he doesn't resent her for like the dad comparing them. He doesn't like have any problem with her at all. And it, similarly, he doesn't really, he, every single thing, it, like doesn't really bother him. The only thing in the entire film that bothers Brink is when he hurts his friends. That's literally the only thing that bothers him other than like worrying about his family. So anyway, getting back to uh, the dad real quick. Um, like he also simultaneously to just not understanding his son anymore is also watching his son be very, very, very obsessed with one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that like any parent, like granted there are instances where they foster it, like a gymnast or like a, an Olympic skater or something like that, where like that obsession is fostered. But like, I think that if, I don't know if my kid was like obsessed to the point where they were not spending enough time like on schoolwork or like, Hey Val's future kid, listen up. (laughs) I mean, I I am the child of someone who actually tried to get me to quit sports because I wasn't spending enough time on schoolwork. So I will never be that person. But I'm just saying when you take it to an extreme, I can understand like having some concern. Then his son gets literally suspended from school for doing the thing that he already has some concerns about. Right. So then it becomes like, and and that's exactly what he references when Brink is like, well, I could skate for money. He's like, you literally just got suspended for skating. Like I can't, I can't like no amount of money is worth you going down this path of like what I see now as being kind of a, a risk to you. Right. So like that's, where I come down on this. And I think that like, sure, they write it so that in the beginning it is very like caricatured of like, like that line I read earlier where he's like, you ate beef, like instead of we had beef, right? Like, obviously it's very silly the way that he misinterprets, but I do also give him credit in the same way that Brink like doesn't hold things against people and like can, can like come in in the clutch like his dad recognizes that he needs him and and doesn't give him a hard time beyond when he knows he can take it right like and he and he says like one of one of the lines that really stuck out to me is like he says Andy you're my son 
taking care of you is my business. You can tell me or not tell me. That's fine. It doesn't change my job description. I'll agree with you, Val, but I hate it. (laughs) I just think it was so, I don't know if it, and I'm not here to shit on this man, but I don't know if it was just so overly acted. It just felt, uh, I don't know. I just wanted him to support him so bad. Sure. And well, and I, I, I understand, you know, the being suspended and being like, dude, what the heck? Like, why? But then I feel like Brink really like that montage of him going from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. and like really trying to get everything done. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to please everyone. Yes. And yeah, he may have put, you know, his friends first or skating first, but he thought as a kid, you put what you think is most important first. And of in course. his head, it was like, this is so important to me. And I don't know. I just really hated the way the dad went about it. No, that's fair. But I mean, also keep in mind that he's not communicating that to his dad, right? He's not explaining Mm -hmm. his passion to his dad, right? right? He's not telling him. Right. He just has to assume dad, you have to assume this is my passion. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, but, uh, I really love the moment. Like, I just think that the, the lesson, like when he says, um, you are defined by the company you keep and how will you keep it? Not by what you just happen to do. I think is like one of the most like great lessons of life. And like, I love that that's just in this movie. Like, obviously this movie had a very specific focus, right? Cause also earlier, right before that conversation with the dad, Gabby says, we all need the money brink. That's how it starts. You know, first you start doing something you really love. Then you start doing it for the money and, before you know it, you're just another sellout. True. Like she she doesn't accept like that's the synopsis that I read at the beginning is inaccurate because it's not that they all found out, oh, he's doing it because his family needs money and they forgave him because of that. They don't. They right. don't accept that as an excuse. They forgive him because he shows them who he is loyal to. Yeah. And and that's what's really important. And that goes to the point that his dad made, which is like it's about the company you keep and how well you keep it rather than what you do. Um, and I thought that I don't know. I, I just thought that was like very well executed from like a narrative standpoint. Like, I don't know. No. And I think you're very good at uh, diving into movies and their metaphors and their lessons. And I'm very surface. And I think that's I think that's why we make a great pair, Val, um, because we come at yeah. movies in two different ways. And um, not thinking about any kind of lesson, hated him. <laughs> Coming at it with a lesson, I get it. <laughs> D-commentaries. There's nothing we can't do. <laughs> Val, let's talk about Val. Yes. Um, I Val. do have to say, I do remember having a crush on like half of the men in this movie. <laughs> Val being one of them. Sure. And... For how mean he is, oh man, he was just so dreamy. And once again, my roommate had mentioned uh, that he thought that Val looked like Sid from Toy Story, which I thought was incredibly coincidental because Eric Von Detten is the voice of Sid in Toy Story. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so funny. Isn't that so fun? He was 13 (laughs) years old. Awesome. Okay, should we bring up Bingo? Bingo. 
B-R-I-N-K, 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 and Andy Brink Brinker. <laughs> that was really nice, Al. Thanks, Val. Appreciate you. <laughs> you want to go ahead and start? Yeah. Um, all right. Welcome to Brink Bingo. Brink Brinko. Um, okay, we're going to start as we always do. Top left corner. We've got one hit wonder song. Val? Um, I'm going to say no because the most... A uh, memorable song in this is a fastball song, and there are many fastball songs. Yes. So. There was also another one that stuck out to me, but um, it was not on the One Hit Wonder list. Cool. So Okay. Uh, breaking the Fourth Wall. Nope. Nope. Not today. Um, holiday themed. Nope. Nope. Uh, clunky metaphor. Um, I always wait for you to confirm well, if there is one or not. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I would say that Peter's 540 is a metaphor for uh, for getting, like, getting out of your head and just doing the thing for the sake of doing it rather than trying to do it. And as soon as he is, like, in the right headspace, then he nails it. And I think that that's, like, a perfect metaphor for everything that this movie is about. I marked it. Good job, Val. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, parents who just don't get it. I mean, yes. Yes. I wish I could mark this box more than once. I wish this box was the entire chart. <laughs> <laughs> we would definitely get bingo. We would definitely get bingo. Chart. Yeah. Um, cool non-parent adult. No. Um, someone too famous for a TV movie. No. Not at the time. Uh, okay. Uh, competition to resolve a central problem. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. multiple, <laughs> multiple competitions. I mean, rule of threes here, multiple competitions to resolve multiple central problems. Yep. 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 Um, okay, great. Now we've got a montage sequence. We did have one this time. There are four. Oh, you counted four montage sequences in this movie. My favorite one was his day of 7 a.m. Yeah. to 11 p.m. and how adorably his mother tucked him in at the end of his very long day. Um, there were a lot of montage scenes that uh, involved the competitions and involved right. a lot of skating, which was really right. cool. I was really appreciative of of all of the, the cool scenes that they shot. I thought this was beautiful. The cinematography of this movie. Once again, Googling yeah. to see if it won an Oscar. I, I also remarked in my notes on the cinematography, they did a really, really good job of making the skating not just look cool, but also dynamic. Like each time they they filmed it, it was a little bit different or like done in a different way. And I don't know. It was just it was very cool. Yeah. OK. Uh, cliche villains. Val. I would say absolutely. Val. Absolutely. And it's kind of fun because in the last couple of movies, the villains have been like a different kind of villain. Um, and a different kind of cliche, but this is absolutely a cliche. The teen like bully, yeah. 100% yeah. cliche. And also it was very, um, they, again, another thing that they sort of touched on without talking explicitly about was like the economic, like how privileged he was compared to yeah. the rest of them. Um, and how that played into how he thought he could literally say anything to anybody. Like he like, it was just very interesting. I thought yeah. that was a very cool uh, approach. And then the the cool thing about the storyline too, is 
Val obviously doesn't apologize because he's a jerk, but the people on his team at the end of the competition go up to Brink and apologize to him for cheating and say, we didn't know he'd do that. We didn't think he'd do that. We're really super, we're really super sorry that happened. And then Boomer, the guy who got hurt in the first competition, uh, you know, is a Brink fan and a Soul Skater fan and Puffs and Suds fan. And it was just really cool how their story arc completely uh, flipped. Yeah, I think it was interesting that Boomer pretty much from the get was like the voice of reason on the other team. And I thought it was interesting, like, again, another kind of unspoken but wise choice is that the one person of color on that team is the one person who can see how wrong their behavior is, whereas like the white guys are getting caught up in it or at minimum being complicit in it and yeah it was just i like they didn't say anything to that effect ever but it's pretty clear that that's the case and i thought that was that was interesting yeah um awesome closer items that you owned i didn't see any that i particularly owned i did have a pair of rollerblades slash inline skates um, I also did have a pair of overalls in which Gabriella was wearing and which I loved, <laughs> um, but I didn't see anything specifically that um, I had. Fair. I have something specific. Oh, tell me. So I had the exact same quilt that he has on his Are bed. Are you kidding me? Pottery Barn teen, baby. I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of the quilt that we can put on Instagram. That would be incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60. You know how it goes, Val. I know. I didn't look. I am going to, I am going to guess. I want it to be high. So I'm going to go ahead and guess 78. It's 76. Wow. I was so close. So close. (laughs) I think it deserves to be a little bit higher. It definitely does. So it does not go into our bingo square, though, because it does not set 40 to 60. But you do get a a point. I'm so good at this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, and on to our next box. I did check Happily Ever After because I think everyone is happy. Oh, yeah. Except for Val, but he doesn't count. Oh, God, no. Um, Okay. Almost Kissing. No, no, almost kissing. But in the very beginning, I did write down that there was some sexual tension between Peter and Gabriella. Oh, okay. So I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> I like I so I agree that that there is some kind of special connection between the two of them. I choose to believe that it is not romantic because it makes me feel better about Peter. Like I, I like the idea that he just cares so deeply about her that. Yeah, no, I think that's a valid statement. I think that it was mutual though. I don't know that it was, I don't know that it was him. At least this is the way that I saw it. I don't know that it was him being like creepy and advancing on her. No, I think that they, they definitely have the same feelings toward one another, whether it be, sexual attention or whether it be you are my best friend and I would do literally anything for you um yeah which in movies sometimes can get crossed and so yeah well and in life those two things oh, should oh baby it's the case with your partner. 
I think I think that the reason why I like to imagine that they're just the like the two of them just happen to be a little bit closer than the others with each other um, rather than being romantically attracted is just because at that age, it does cheapen it. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like if they if if I like to think of it as like if there was no chance of them having romantic feelings for each other, that they would treat each other the same way. Yes, that's what I that's what I like to imagine. Um, me, someone who became famous, Val, is our next box. I don't, I think there's like a handful of people who have done well for themselves, but if we're going famous quote as celebrity, I don't know that anyone fits the box. No, I don't think so either. Um, okay. Betraying of one's real friends or values. I mean, the whole Also one that was made for this movie. (laughs) I mean, within the first 20 minutes. Your childhood crush. <laughs> Val, is your box uh, checked? You know, Val, is your box <laughs> not checked? So I don't think I was attracted to Eric Von Detten as a youth. Okay, well, we I marked that square, which means it will be marked on our box. Um, Obviously, bad special effects are sent. I don't think so. Uh, Val, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Am I forgetting something? None of the none of the stunts were the kids. Yeah, but that's not obviously bad. The one for sure is Gabby falling on the street. That was okay. Literally, she's just the little log, just like the way that they she falls. Okay, I I'll accept that. I don't want to fight you on I this th- foul. I'm not fighting you. I was just really <laughs> passionate about the fact that if you paused at any moment during any trick, you would have not seen the actor you wanted to. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. You're right. I I just, like, didn't think about it because I think that in, in the other movies, the badness of whatever it was pulled me out mm. of whatever I was watching. Okay. You know what I mean? So then if um, we're, and if this did, if we're basing it off that, then the only time that happened was when they showed Gabby rolling down on the gravel. Fair. Then we'll count okay. it. All right. Now, uh, <gasps> I'm so excited. We did we it. Right, we did it. We have someone from our special actors box and we get to check oh, it. Yeah. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Oh, E-R-I-K-V-O-N-D-E-T-T-E-N. Eric Von Den. That is correct. We had it wrong. I fixed it. Um, okay. Musical number. Nope. No. Um, magic. No. Nope. Oh, uh, okay. We have um, someone says the movie title. Yes. Within the first four lines. And they definitely at least once if not a million times, say it with an exclamation point. Yeah. You know there's oh, an exclamation yeah. the point. The way that it's emphasized. Uh, okay, Scooby Dude. No. I don't think in the sense of what you meant when you came up with the square alley, yeah. I don't think it it applies. Mm-hmm. The heroes create the problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, and last but not least, we got lead as a fish out of water. I did not mark it. I do not think that the lead is a fish out of water. This man skates and knows what he's doing. Yes. There is no moment where he is, even when he's on X-Blades or whatever it's called, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not out of water. No, he's not. He is in the water. (laughs) He's firmly in the water. water. Oh, Val, we were so close. We were, but we didn't do it. Val, we finished our bingo card, so you know what time it is, right? 
Is it, is it game It's game time, baby. Let's go. This week's game, it's a little bit different than the last couple. This is going to be an actual okay. game where we're going to play against each other. So I get to participate oh. in this one, too. Um, okay. This game is called Rhyme Time. We're going to have one minute to write down as many words as we can. I'll tell you what words those are. And if our words match... They don't count. Oh, okay. okay. And then whoever has the most points uh, after we chat through the list, then that person wins. Are you ready to get your butt kicked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. Write, you have one minute to write down as many words that rhyme with brink. Go. Ten seconds. Stop. I'm out. Okay, I'm out. I did not do very I well. I didn't on this. either, and I came up with this game. <laughs> you had all day. I, had, to think about I literally words. had over 24 hours <laughs> to contemplate <laughs> this. Okay, so Val, how many words did you end up with? Eight. I came up with eleven. Wow. Uh, but one of them was brink. So I <laughs> I came oh. up with ten. Well then I had nine. <laughs> so we're counting brink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brink is out. Okay. Okay, my first word, Val, was drink. Yep, me okay. too. Oh, that was your first word too? Yeah. Okay, literally Valley Girls, same mind. <laughs> okay, uh, you go next one. Okay, I had think. I did not have think. Whoa, okay. I did not think of that one. <laughs> my next uh, one was sink. Yep, I had okay. sink. I had think. Is that a real word? I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up. It's an unpleasant or contemptible person. I'll give it to you, but I don't want to. <laughs> All right, you circle yours. Um, next one I had was link. Oh, I did not have link. Nice. Okay, I had, I don't know if this is a word actually, but I had ding. I had it too! <laughs> okay, well then it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I had stink. No, I did not have stink. Wow. I don't know how I didn't have that. Okay, I had slink. I didn't have it, and I will give it to you because of slinky slinks down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I had ink. Nope, I did not have ink. I had clink, like to clink nope, glasses. Nope, I did not have it. Okay. I had mink, as in like a mink coat. Yep, that was my last one. Your last one? Yeah. So I have four. I have three more. Did I win? Yes, you won. I told Wait, you. Okay, you can read order. them and make sure you accept them first. Okay. Pink, as in the color. No, I don't accept <laughs> pink. <laughs> Rink, as in roller. Yes. And my last one I had was zinc, as in something you can buy from Walgreens. Yes. <gasps> well, I won a game. You won. Six points. Well, you know, for someone who... Never wins. I won. What? You never win because you come up with the games. <laughs> I meant like in all of life, Val. I went very intellectual. Oh. <laughs> I won with you being my friend. Oh, thanks. I won too. Thanks for coming on this journey with us, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, now, since we have a couple episodes, if you feel so inclined. If you're having fun. We're not paying you to do this. We're not paying ourselves to do this. But what would make us feel great is if you could subscribe uh, and and download and give us ratings. 
Yeah, if you leave a review on Apple, um, that's a big deal for us. Both the stars and then even more so the writing of an actual review. Even if it's just a few words, it helps other people find the podcast. And if you, you know, want to have more people to play bingo with and against you know, it's in your best interest to leave us a review. We just appreciate you taking the time to leave some kind words. If you are enjoying this, uh, we want to stick around for the next like 80 years doing this as long as they make decoms. We love you. And thank you for taking the time to um, share your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday with us. Yes. Thank you. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod and on Instagram at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Ellie.